say. Can you, can you verify this for me? I mean, some people here don't understand. I mean, what is soul? Allora, adesso te lo dico io. Cos'è soul? Non importa come lo fai. Più alto possibile, meglio è. Pensavi di saperlo tutto. Nel suono giù nell'Atlantico. Col miglior ritmo su questo pianeta. Canta se vuoi, non ti sbaglierai. Accendi questa bomba. Sunday and uh, we're going through the what's that phase where lots of it is about yes the the peak I think that's what they call it isn't it there's a peak going on anyway so like we said in the last show batten down the hatches and keep yourself sane just keep on keeping on keeping on uh, I've no idea what the plan is for this show I'm gonna get a coffee into me and play you some vinyl that I got recently picked up. Um, I actually ventured out and met somebody and also went to a record fair and uh, managed to avoid COVID and all that. Uh, it was strange. Uh, it's kind of like all record fairs except uh, people were keeping their distance and everybody had their masks on and, you know. So, uh, this is the first track I'm going to play is one of those tracks and then I don't really know where we're going from there uh, it's an experiment and sure there's nothing wrong with that life is an experiment that's what Lee Scratch Berry tells us so let's keep on keep on that's what we should say keep on keep on yeah we'll get through this
with me.
frontier. Yes, indeed. You're listening to Plague Tapes 122, and uh, that's Sly and Robbie, I think, working with Grace Jones, but that's the dub version. So, um, heard that Robbie passed away uh, recently, and um, I wanted to uh, find some music irrelevant to that but uh, it's kind of just an afterthought uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he's on this track anyway um, and I wanted to tell you about what we heard before this so as usual it's totally unexpected we finished up with um, 
a little something from Burial because Burial's back um, he's brought out a new EP and it's uh, very much ambient kind of like what you've heard there um, that was Night Watch I think it was or Night Market yeah, it was Night Market um, then before that we had something from Lost in Translation on the subway short bit then we had Roxy Music Bogus Man from a record I picked up uh, at the record fair then we had Mad Lib with Chino we had Lancome with Hunting the Wren we had Vanker um, V-A-I-N-Q-U-E-R just in case you think I'm being uh, obscene there um, and Elevation version 3 and we started it all off with Roisin Murphy and Game Changer and now I'm going to play a little bit more of this and then I'm going to go into a little bit of uh, more beats I think a little bit to finish off with um, and stay tuned because Andrew will be around to tell you about the news and the cases and all the 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 tidal wave the tsunami whatever it is but um, it's not all bad news we may be getting through it we'll get through this together hey I'm so thin. Oh, 
some of you people just about missed it.
What a beauty that is. That's TR1, probably tier 1 is probably how you're supposed to pronounce it. And that's 27 degrees in Dublin, which I would assume he's a local, or she's a local native, and uh, 27 degrees, the optimum temperature. Totally agree with tier 1 uh, in relation to that. And that was that kind of concludes the the sort of upbeat part of the set. So because we had, yeah, I don't know how you would describe the first half, but uh, it wasn't probably upbeat. Wouldn't be a word you'd use, or two words that you'd use. Um, and in the second half we went with a bit of talking heads, born born under punches, and the beat goes on. That's a twelve inch, um. Or it's a track that is a 12 inch it's collected on a an album of 12 inches so I play a lot then Juanina Molina with Sin Donez then Anfisa Letiago with So Good then Tier 1 with 27 Degrees in Dublin um, Anfisa Letiago I think is from Naples so I've been watching a couple of I watched Hand of God, the Paolo Sorrentino film about growing up in Naples when uh, obviously Diego Maradona was there. So I'd recommend you watch that. Uh, it definitely made me want to go to Naples, but I've been wanting to do that for a long time. But seeing places beyond our little island and our very local vicinity uh, is something that, you know, we all, I think, want to travel again and see the world um, and break out. So maybe we're going to get there. Uh, and we will get to 27 degrees in Dublin again because, you know, we're on the turn. We're coming through it. And I wanted to leave you with this, something from Drexlia. Um, and I realise that I don't know how to spell Drexlia. D or E X C I Y A, which means that C I Y A means I had it misspelled in the track notes. It's shocking. Um, and I haven't queued it up, so we're gonna start it here and see. Yeah, this is a bit right. Okay, that's show twenty one twenty two. Stick around for Andrew and the news, and uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And yeah, it looks, you know, like we're coming out. Never say never, though, eh?
any solutions within this system are so impossible to find, then maybe we should change the system itself. Listeners and welcome to the new section of Plague Tapes 122, which is being recorded on the 9th of January, a Sunday, a dark, wintry Sunday night. All the batteries in all my vehicles is dead <laughs> because of the way, because of the the sharp cold. Um, so and Andrew's here to fill us in with the peaks. It's the peak, isn't it? It's the peak season. We're going through the. The high season, the high troughs, high. You could, you could say that uh, your favourite measure, the five-day average, is twenty-two thousand one hundred and eighty-one. To match the year, twenty-two thousand one hundred and eighty-one, and we have had one hundred and forty-nine thousand one hundred and ninety-three cases in the last seven days, which is so. That's that's more than in any of the previous waves. First wave was about twenty-three thousand. So. We've had nearly two hundred thousand people in the last. 149,000, so nearly 150,000. 149,000. Well, 100 short seven of... Uh, 907 short of, of 150,000, yeah. Okay, 150,000 in a week? Yeah. Wow, a week. And um, So maybe next week we'll get to 300,000, will we? Well, yeah, they, they, take, that hundred, they take that 150,000 is, is probably really about 450,000 cases, so maybe up towards a million infections. So, yes, we're, we're running out of people soon. Not quite sure when. Um. Uh, okay, so what is what is the news then? Is it This is this is good news though, isn't it? I mean, I'm trying to interpret it. Yeah, I mean... Let's I've, parse this information through and see if it's so, good at the I mean, end I've of it. I've been giving this some thought because there's been a, a few times over the shows in the last six months where I've been going, I think we're getting towards the end of the pandemic as we have known it. Yeah, um, and then I felt afterwards, oh, maybe that was a bit too optimistic. But actually, looking back on it, I think in fact it's true in the sense that if I, if I was first saying that in June, with each case, it, it, it's true. We do, what we had after that was not like what went before. So we've you know, reached, we've gone through a different phase every time. It's a, yeah, a new it's, new area of it. Exactly. So. so it's like, and like I think I said this a few times as well. It's not like there's a pandemic equivalent of victory in Europe Day that ended the Second World War, where the war is very clearly over. Yeah. Uh, you know that rather it's going to be. This, I'm sure if there was a nuclear option, we would have used it by now. Rather, it's this gradual <laughs> process of coming to an end. But I think importantly, it's not a gradual, flat or declining process. It's one that that's going to spike up and down. Um, and you know, because we will get waves into the future, I would not be surprised if we have waves of some sort in five years' time. To be honest, um, but each of these becomes different because the amount of harm being done, particularly post-vaccination, uh, is greatly reduced. So I think that's the real story. You know, so when I say 
in this week we had uh, 129,000 cases but in the first wave we only had 23,000 right and in fact interestingly the case ascertainment rate so the amount of cases we actually detected at it so it's probably similar right so in other words it is quite possible that we have had five times as many infections in the last week as we had in the entire first wave right and the first wave saw about 1700 deaths uh, I'm not expecting even I mean maybe a tenth of that or whatever right. but I actually to be honest I would be surprised if in four weeks time there was a week with 170 deaths in it uh, now hopefully I'm I'm I don't have to take that one back, but uh, I, so I think what we're seeing is that the the magnitude of impact is greatly reduced, and the way I mean the the the, the two statistics that make it very clear is the percentage of people going to hospital who are infected, and the percentage of people going to ICU. Um, so another aspect I was thinking of in terms of the discussions we've had to date is we've had this long thing that it's not like again not a victory in Europe day it doesn't just go away Covid stays around it's and, endemic yeah Yeah, and therefore there's a, an ongoing course to existing with Covid that you know is sort of I think I was talking about two to three thousand deaths a year for instance right yeah um, and to a certain extent what's actually happened with Omicron and it's probably useful is that that year of infections is going to happen in two months essentially uh, but we won't see the same cost as we would have seen from that entire year. At least that's my read of it. Uh, it will actually be much less. And the most clear measure of that is the percentage of people going to ICU is now. It's, it's um, what did I work it out today as? Uh, it, it's 0.05% of cases, right? Um, so that's... Uh, that's about one in 2,000. Right. right. And it was, if we go back two months ago, that was about one in 700. So there's a big difference there. Right. Um, one in 2,000 yeah. to one in 700. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, like, so if, if it stays at that one in 2,000 level, well, that kind of, like, you know, that's actually better than the flu, but the flu doesn't infect so many people so quickly, so you can't quite balance them out in that way. So those sort of stats, I think, are sort of saying, well, okay, that's kind of... If it actually, if we could trust that it was going to stay at that and that we weren't going to get huge surges, that would sort of be the pandemic over. Uh, and, of course, we could trust there wasn't going to be a new variant. <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's always up. the new variant. So there's, yeah. yeah, so there's the usual disclaimers, and those disclaimers are why I think we will continue to see waves, but each wave will do less harm. And it may well be that once this one passes, we'll basically m nearly all measures that are a bit of an annoyance will be dropped um, and will stay gone until maybe next winter where we might need to have some, some minor stuff again. That would be my guess as to what's about to happen. Okay, so let's try and understand this. So basically what, what's happened is Omicron, Omicron has come along and it's kind of, it's become the dominant variant really quickly yeah. and it's very infectious. It seems to be more, definitely more infectious than what we had before, even more infectious than Delta. So it's created these cases of nearly 150, nearly 150,000 last week. Yeah. So next week, are we expecting that that's going to be another 150 or will it go up? Or will it we jump up again? We don't know. Basically, the, the reason we've 150,000 cases last week is because we can do about 300,000 te tests a week. And, and the positivity was 50%. is 150. 
thousand. So so it could have easily been four hundred thousand. It could have been yeah. five hundred. Well, they think 000. yeah, they think it was about four fifty thousand. That's what they think. Right, four fifty. Okay, and then so like next week, I'm just trying to figure this out. Next week, if it was like four fifty, would it jump? Would could it couldn't? Like we are going to start running out of people to infect. Yeah, 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 not the case. Okay, and the the thing about uh, um, Omicron is that it doesn't actually lead to... The severe outcomes are definitely reduced. We can definitely say that now. Well, so what we can definitely say is that uh, with 95% of adults vaccinated and about fifty, about 60% now boosted as well, that the severe outcomes are in this wave are very, very, very much less frequent than they were. Uh, it, in say Alpha, which was the one in last January, right? So we right. can say that uh, very happily. It's much harder to say which bit of that is due to vaccination, which bit of that is due to boosters, and which bit of that may actually be due to Omicron being less severe in a vaccinated population or okay. a population with prior immunity, right? Uh, there certainly, like, there's, there has certainly been a drop off in the last three weeks. That seems to be an addition to boosters that might be Omicron, Omicron helping out a bit. Uh, but it, even that's a bit uncertain because of the way immunity works. And, uh, you know, that the, the, the way the booster doses are probably stimulating uh, memory B cells and killer T cells, which are the kind of further lines of defense. Um, in this. So, it, like, in, in other words, I, there's no easy way for me to disentangle it. I would speculatively say it looks to me like there's probably a, uh, a, a, a Omicron being less frequently severe, which is the way I've started talking about it. Um, uh, and certainly in populations with some immunity, and that seems to be tied into this discovery that it infects the upper upper airways first, and then the lungs in a secondary way. Uh, and so if you have existing immunity, it's probably the case that as it's doing that first set of infections, your immune system is ramping up. And by the time it gets to the ah, lungs, okay. so then it's in a better It's already kicked in. It. It's already kicked in yeah. before it gets to the lungs. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm expressing it that way because the what I'm hearing from, say, medical workers in the States where there's a lot of unvaccinated but also uninfected people. So this is a different. South Africa was kind of one situation because an awful lot of people had, been, had prior infection. So they had immunity that way. And then a reasonable percentage of adults had vaccination as well. Um, uh, but the States has a large amount of adults who are not yet vaccinated, essentially because of the kind of political situation over there, um, and but also are not yet infected. So they're experiencing it for the first time. And oh, okay. what ICU doctors are saying there is that those people are being hit just as hard as they were in previous waves. Uh, and the other thing that's noticeable is that I mean, people have been talking about this, that there's a lot more kids are being hospitalized. But I think that may simply because, be because they're the one group that is largely unvaccinated still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, therefore, that's really, it's much more visible than it would have been beforehand. Uh, so it, it may it may well be. I mean, I, I saw somebody calculate this uh, based on mathematical models, and they were saying the thing is Delta and Alpha were thought to be more severe than the original form. 
Uh, and actually, so if you just take that into account, then um, Omicron is still a bit more severe than the original form, but is a bit less severe than Delta, basically, was, was the legitimate. So we don't really know. I think we, we might have answered that in six months' time or something, where, you know, there's enough data and people could do whatever statistical methods need to be done to make sense of it. Okay, but, uh, so, but there was a point in time there last week, um, <clears throat> and maybe this is still true, where we were the most the highest incidence in the world wasn't it we'd hit the highest incidence yeah 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 so I the mean, most prevalent of the of the disease was in ireland well we've but, over we've over 50 percent of the population has tested positive in the last 14 days uh i'm just and that's and as i said that's probably really 15 percent if you think about the the testing limits so it's hard to be much higher than that so hold on, though. Give me that figure again. Over fifty percent in the last fourteen yeah, days. Yeah, so so oh. a fourteen day cases per hundred thousand people are five thousand five hundred and ten, and essentially you turn that into a percentage by just putting it at a decimal point after that thousand. So it's five point five percent of people tested positive in the last fourteen days. Wow. Okay. Five point five percent. Um. Yeah. That's pretty significant um and yeah so so it's really again it comes back to the fact that there's such a prevalence of immunity either through people getting it or through the vaccination or through the booster that's really helping in terms mm. of this so and th is there a historical precedence for in pandemics where less severe versions come and take over or a mutation comes yeah. over because I've heard people talk about stuff like that that that's the way pandemics tend to work out that something uh, no I would say that's dominant. kind of no there's not much in the way that's very solid to support that idea right that's kind of wishful thinking that would okay. go away by itself uh, I mean you could in theory if you had something that was very lethal uh, and was killing most people it infected uh, and therefore losing its hosts. Um, and there would be an evolutionary pressure for a less lethal form. Yeah. But this isn't killing enough people to to do that. You know, like it's not really, like the, what affects its ability to transmit is not the fact that it's killed one or two percent of the population. That, that doesn't really make any particular difference to it. So there isn't really a selection for a, a less lethal variant that would make any sense. Uh, I mean, it could happen coincidentally for one reason or another. Uh, but it's it's probably no it, it's um with omicron what we, from what we know about it is it's its advantage seems to be that it's it it has two ways of infecting uh cells in the upper airways so it can do that much faster um and the trade off for doing that is that it's not quite as good at infecting lung cells right um so that it, yeah its advantage is basically just it can, it can infect faster and it has some uh, ability to overcome existing immunity uh, but it's not like it, 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 it. That selection is not on the basis of it being more or less lethal or whatever. That's just a a coincidental side effect if it happens to be there. Okay, so talk to me about what exactly is the pressures in on the hospital system though, because this is huge. Even though the percentages are yeah quite uh, like significantly different when you're talking about one in two thousand people needing to go to hospital. Uh, but if you've got a hundred and fifty or four hundred and fifty thousand cases, 
last yeah. week where where does how does that wash through the system right well i so i think that the the first thing is you obviously don't want to minimize the actual pressures that do exist this is obviously having an absolutely huge impact and it's also having an impact because about 15 percent of healthcare workers are either out with covid or isolating because of contact with 15 percent 15 percent so obviously right. that has a huge impact on healthcare as well um so that that is significant but if we compare it with last year uh today we had 984 COVID patients in hospital and this day last year we had 1,285. In other words, about 300 more. And actually what's happened over the last four or five days, because if you go back five days, there were more people in hospital here than last year. But the two have crossed over and last year was going shooting up where we've kind of, the last couple of days were kind of wobbling around what might be a plateau, but I don't think it will, uh, but at a lower level. So last year hospitalizations peaked at about 2020 in terms of the nefit models it kind of looks like we're heading for a peak between 1300 and 1500 maybe might turn out to be a bit higher than that because of age effects but uh something in that region uh today we've 83 people in la in icu last year that was 121 so that was that's 50 percent higher last year than it was at this point and again last year that was rapidly increasing this year it's actually kind of plateauing or, or, or flat um, so it's hovering around 83 is it or yeah now so in, in, with hospitals the interesting thing is we've actually as many people going in literally i think this year was 133 and last year was 134 in the last 24 hours but what's happening is people are coming out much quicker uh, and that's probably a that's I mean, that's basically vaccination meaning it's they're going in with less severe illness uh, and a lower proportion of older people are going in because of the booster program the, the, the kind of two different effects uh, so the discharges are happening faster which is what's kept the actual occupancy level down okay very good um so so if it continues like that then it's definitely possible that it could contain it like next yeah. week 1500 we can definitely have 1500 hospital beds because we had 2000 last year yeah uh so yeah that's... so so if we were to think about so the thing that had me nervous right and i'm not completely non-nervous about this yet is yeah. that one of the things that really whacks the hospital systems when the virus spreads from old younger age groups which has been bombing through the 20 year olds basically right um, yeah. and i think that's largely because a lot of 20 year olds have gone back to something very close to normal you know so that's not that surprising uh, but what happened last christmas was that it was a because people were doing christmas dinners and all that sort of stuff it was able to make the leap into older populations and once it was there it was hospitalizing those people at a, at a much higher rate basically um so the thing you're nervous about is going well is that going to be also happening this year right yeah. But so I, the last four days, I've been watching it really carefully because we know typically hospitalizations occur about two weeks after infection, a little bit before for some people. So you might expect to see the effect from about day 11 or day 12. So if you go back to the 25th, we're now on the 9th. Mm. We're kind of digging through that period now. Like we're, you know, should be coming up we should be starting now. to see, you know, if, if there was going to be a, a substantial signal coming from Christmas Day and Stephen's Day, that should now be be starting to show. Not completely, but if it was going to be substantial, it would be starting to show. So far, it's not there at all. Now, right. I, I don't. I think there's going to be some sort of signal over the next few few days. We've seen in the north that there's more cases in uh, over 80s. They've gone up quite significantly between 
this week and last week. Right. So it's not like we're going to get away with this scot-free. That would be impossible. But uh, it's it doesn't look anything like it would have looked at this time last year, I think, which is the important thing. I also think that there was a certain amount of, in spite of whatever the government was not telling anybody, mm. there was definitely a significant, I think, ownership. A lot of 20-year-olds just weren't going home for Christmas. or you yeah, know, yeah, they were. Yeah. They kind of realised that they'd already likely they were already likely to have it or were getting it or getting through it and decided they weren't just gonna they weren't gonna risk that sort of thing so there was that kind of behavior was also going on yeah i think there was an advantage this christmas that the surge was already quite visible yeah. whereas last christmas unless you were paying attention to things it did it you know it wasn't it was only it only really became visible in a few days after Christmas. But if you were paying attention, December the 16th, you were going, oh, this doesn't look particularly look good. Yeah. But the numbers at that stage were not huge. Yeah. Um, so that, that probably helped. Also, this Christmas, we had more antigen testing. Uh, and even if, it, you know, even if the accuracy on that was relatively low, given the fact that people were going to be doing Christmas dinners anyway, yeah. uh, if, even if it was only intercepting 50% of infections, that was taking 50% out of a pool of stuff that was going to happen. Um, so that could also have a reasonable impact on it. Um, so th- th- those are two additional factors. But I think the boosters, the booster doses were probably particularly important. Yeah. Again, last year we had a very unfortunate situation where really the vaccination program had only just started. Most, pe- most people, you know, well, most of the most vulnerable groups were only getting va- vaccinated very, very slowly in January. And by then there was massive circulation of the virus. So there's lots of cases where they vaccinated in a nursing home, but then people were dying two or three days later because they'd already been infected yeah. and, and, you know, those sort of things. Whereas this year, the booster program starts a few weeks ahead, basically, of the virus surge. So by the time the surge arrives, most people over 60s who want, over 60 who wanted to get boosted had, and a lot of people in the 50s were getting the opportunity and it was even beginning to open up for the people in the 40s. So... That that's also and that's still different. going on, I presume now. Like the booster program still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think any age can do it now. You know. Right. Um. And is there? Well, what's the media like these days? Is there like is there te- is there press conferences happening, or is is that all? Is it still? Are you still operating on the? No, there haven't really been any press stuff. I mean, they the. There's been tweets from some of the Neffet people, basically. <laughs> Um, and oh, there been there been some that's media. All, that's that's not a lot of media yeah, to go on. There's been right? some it's media. I like I think basically everybody's kind of keeping their heads down a bit. Well, yeah. Part of that is because the controversy around the schools reopening, yeah. uh, and probably <laughs> dodging questions and that. But I think also part of the part of it is actually going okay. This seems to be okay, but the numbers are pretty crazy, and it's a bit tricky to try and explain that. So maybe we just won't say very much. And let things unroll, because yeah. um, I think the key thing when we're talking about those case numbers, those case numbers represent infections five to seven days previous, maybe even as long as eight or nine days. Right. So when we say the incident that, that five percent, five point five percent of people were infected in the last fourteen day period, right? Yeah. And we think that five point five percent is really about fifteen, sixteen, or seventeen percent. It's a week back, and if that's doubling, it means that in the last week, that's actually 45%. You know, so in other words, what, there's, a, there's probably a very good chance that what's happening has happened. You know, that, that we've probably hit the infection peak. You know, we can't double 45% because there are not 90% of the population left uninfected. Uh, and yeah. that 
we are probably therefore going to be coming off that. Uh, you know, the case, case peak, the real case peak might have been this week, it might have been next week. Um, it might be next week, yeah. You know, but what we'll actually see is positivity probably starting to decline the week after next. We may have, we may have a very long plateau of 23, 24, 25,000 cases a day because that's testing, that's reflecting testing capacity. Right. But, uh, yeah, so like I, I suspect that's what we'll see. And we'll see hospitalizations will go up might peak at 1500 they might hit 2000 it's not impossible that kind of depends on how much age breakthrough there is but again that will peak and come down again probably by itself without any additional measures being introduced that will be my so that's so yeah so let's just try and play out what next week might look like so are we gonna just continuously hover at this 20 what is it how many figures were was there 20,000 people yeah it basically so what I would say is it varies day by day according to how many tests they can do on any particular day so I wouldn't even bother paying that much attention what the number is yeah what I would look at is what the positivity is each day right so the the lack the closing days of last week it was 52 percent 51 percent around there right right we don't get figures for Saturday and Sunday until Monday so on Monday we will get positivity for Saturday Sunday and Monday right so if we see that come down from say 52 to 48 to 44% or something, then we will know that probably means we've we've hit the peak of cases and we're coming down. But we may still get 22, 23,000 cases. You know, that the cases themselves may not fall very much. Um, if, it, if it keeps staying at 52%, well, it's a bit harder to read, but, you know, we, we, we probably know we haven't hit a peak. And if it actually goes up, well, then we'll know we're still heading towards that peak and, you know, quite where the people have been found to get infected at that point we won't really know so my I, my suspicion is that we will see it falling if we don't see it falling on monday or tuesday we'll have seen it start to fall by friday basically right okay and uh i'm, I'm still trying to understand the figures so when you're saying that 45 <laughs> percent yeah 45 percent of the population would could have been infected in the last week could have i mean it's yeah. it's like that's um like we know it, it it seems to be doubling a bit faster than every week right so that would be a traveling so if it was doubling every five days it would easily travel in the course of a week we don't you know like it's <clears throat> the problem is we, we really do not know because we haven't had case numbers that are remotely accurate for about 10 10 to 12 days uh, the other thing we don't really know, actually, is that Christmas is obviously a period of high socialisation. But actually, even in normal times, the kind of <laughs> first couple of weeks of January aren't. Yeah. So um, even apart from people getting freaked out by the number of cases, there's much the less opportunity. And stuff like that um, changed. Too. Yeah, so that, yeah. Could have, that could have dropped things down. But on the other hand, if you've got such a huge chunk of the population infected, then that's there's just so many avoid. opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, household transmission, workplace, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it may be running through. So it's yeah, it's quite a bizarre time because we're just talking about such astronomically huge numbers with the knowledge that actually the real numbers are even more astronomically huge. But we're not seeing things fall apart in the same way we did last year. Yeah, it is. It just it just feels like it can't be. This I know what's happening, but I feels like it can't be happening yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah. in terms of because we're i presume it's also because the memory of january last year is so fresh that you know you have to take into consideration the vaccination levels and everything else but just the numbers are kind of astounding um so so 
we basically just look at the positivity and when we start to see that go down we know that we're trying sort of through the peak that's basically it and we just gotta hope like so even if positivity goes up it's not something to be alarmed about because it's ultimately has to go down. Uh, uh, no, I'd be alarmed about it because I'd be I going, mean, I don't understand how that could happen. Right. <laughs> of people okay. getting infected with Omicron twice in, okay, in the space right. of a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'd be going, I would yeah. be alarmed if it went up <laughs> significantly. Um, yeah. But uh, um, because that would mean something was happening that we didn't understand. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm expecting it to plateau or come down, basically. Right. Okay. Um. All right. I don't know. Is there any th- any other things like that we need to look out for? Just, um, I mean, not not you know, like I think the thing is the die is cast, so we're just we're now we going to be do. we're strapped into this. Yeah, yeah. we're strapped into yeah. this. We will see what the actual cost of it is over the next two to four weeks, two to five weeks, sort of thing. Right. We know we we know that those patterns from before hospitalizations. Maybe they'll peak in about two weeks. Uh, ICU, maybe that'll peak in three weeks. Deaths, four weeks. You know, yeah. it might take a while to hear about that. Uh, so we'll actually get a, a, a real sense of what the what the cost of, you know, what might be the kind of closing stage is. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, then we'll, 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 we'll see where we are. But I, like, I think we'll probably then have a couple of quiet months just because so many people have been infected. So at least in the short term, there'll be a lot of immunity against infection. And then right. we will see as the spring unrolls into summer, what happens then. And hopefully, no new variant. Well, that's that. That would be the, that yes, would be that, that would be yeah. There is, I mean, there's the, one of the positives I think is that what we've seen is that immunity against severe outcomes appears to have held up extremely well against Omicron, despite the fact that it had whatever it was, thirty-seven or forty-two mutations, right? So to an extent, it very it, it was very scary in its ability to infect loads of people who had previously been infected and people who'd been vaccinated. You know, and if you yeah. look at the figures from Denmark, they do they sequence just about everybody. Right. I mean, basically, the reinfection figure is only very slightly below the percentage of the population that had been infected before now. So in other words, like having been previously infected seems to be almost no protection against getting infected this time around. Right. Um, but like us, those severe outcomes are very, very low, uh, you know. So if if that if that held with this particular variant, like there's no, it may be that that will then hold for other for variants other as variants, well. So they may yeah. be able to infect us, but the likelihood of of severe consequences of infection are reduced. The one thing I'm I'm still a bit concerned about is the whole long COVID, you know, issue, uh, right. because yeah. that's still very very unknown, and of course we won't know about that until. Yeah, months have passed, you know, because that won't be long until months have passed, um, you know. So that I, I think that's the biggest concern. Like, what sort of damage is that going to do? What lasting damage will it do, both at uh, individual and collective level? But that we won't know for a while. Um, and so keep the, dodging it for the moment, basically. Yeah. That's does the, the body actually get better as well? The more it gets exposed to something, it does the body, the T cells and all that rest. Yeah. Does it get better and more of a kind of rapid reaction force when it gets yeah that yeah basically it. you get a bro- you get a broader immune response so it's more inclined to recognize different variations of something and right. be able to fight those um so yeah the expectation is that with 
and, and in fact, there's a particular advantage to the booster doses. Like there, there was always an argument that the two initial doses, the vaccines were perhaps too close together. Right. Um, so that they don't stimulate basically your kind of memory. They don't leave it long enough. Yeah, they don't yeah. stimulate memory B cells and T cells in the same sort of way. Whereas if you get exposures that are further apart, yeah. there's more stimulation of that. And that may be part of, that's why when we see the decline in people going to ICU and hospitals, that's might be partially to do with Omicron being less severe, but it could actually also just be to do with the passage of time post-boostery, meaning that the, the response is strengthening. Um, further in, in, in terms of uh, T-cells and B-cells. So. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, that's also good Some, to know. Somebody who actually, you know, people who are good at this stuff will work it out and we'll, ha we'll have a paper on it sometime next year. That yeah, I know. We'll have yeah. all, all Unfortunately, the, all the we can't wait for those sort of uh, things. Yeah. I mean, it's been, there's been enough shows where we just have to wait and see, wait and yeah. see, wait and see. And now we, it feels like we're finally getting to a stage where we can look out for like signs of moving forward it looks like it's gonna get through we're gonna get through the the peak the peak is now basically so let's see where where we're at next week we should be much clearer shouldn't we um hopefully i would on a downward trajectory hopefully. i would expect by next sunday uh yeah we will have a very much more definite idea of things yes good good yeah 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 and maybe you know you never know we might even get a press conference one of these days I'd say, you know, I'd say we might have a chance of getting one. We well, we got the HSC ones, they're back. Actually. Oh, the HSC ones are back. Oh, right. the HSC press conferences. HSC ones, yeah, but Tony's just still going like, you're in charge, lads. <laughs> yeah. You've shut me yeah. up, so now you can just look after it. And we get tweets from our leaders telling us how things are. Be careful. Careful now. <laughs> I don't know if anyone sent a tweet like that. But basically... <laughs> That's the tweet they should be sending. Careful now. Uh, okay, thanks, Andrew. All right. We'll do it again. Uh, hopefully, we can wait a whole week. Uh, and we'll be much clearer. Thanks. All right.